Welcome back to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. And I'm your host that doesn't forget how the intro works, Javi. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been, I'd say, about six weeks since the last time we've done an episode. It's been a long time since we've done an episode of the show. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. And in that time, there's packs of wolves roving the streets. The wor- you know, the world's in chaos in like a weird Mad Max-like way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Unfortunately, because of all the things that are going on just, you know, in our lives, uh, we have not been able to squeeze in the time possible to do episodes of this show. So our long-awaited Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode is uh, finally being recorded here. I know. it's 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 been a minute. I'm pretty sure only like two people are actually waiting for this episode. <laughs> No, one, what? Of them, one of them's the guy that that asked for it, but you know, like, <laughs> would love to thank the people who have been continuously keeping the show alive in terms of just downloads. Uh, we've gotten great engagement on our past catalog of episodes while we've been gone, and uh, I really appreciate it that uh, you know that 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 people are taking uh, time to discover the podcast or just discover a bunch of old episodes. A little yeah, we really the do curtain. appreciate it. Yeah, a little peek behind the curtain. Right now, the our most downloaded episode is actually early in the show's history, Watchmen. So uh, I, I don't know what prompted that to be the most downloaded episode of the show right now, but I, it's hey, I, I'm glad people are enjoying uh, you know all the episodes that are that exist in the catalog. So it's probably Twitter nerds hopping on there because of that tweet I put out uh, like a month ago talking shit about the Zack Snyder cut. <laughs> and I'm probably like, oh, I'm going to roast this guy. Oh, shit. Speaking of which, it, we've been gone for so long that the Snyder cut is actually going to be released next year. I know. On fucking HBO Max. Put my foot in my own mouth and fucking <laughs> kick me in the face because I said I was one of those people that was like I 100 percent sure it didn't even exist. So I look like a big stupid idiot. That no, I think that. it's pretty obvious it doesn't exist. Like the amount of money that they're gonna pour back into finishing this film is pretty crazy. I think like it's, they said 20 million. It's gonna be like fucking four minutes longer. <laughs> <laughs> And all they're gonna do is take out Henry, uh, what's his, Henry Cavill's fucking disgusting looking flesh mustache. <laughs> but um, I guess on a somber note, before we continue, you know, um, it's it's been a crazy couple months. Uh, Angel and I were talking about how there's gonna be zero way that the world ever goes back to being the way it was before March. You know, mm-hmm. um, in the last three months, we've seen yeah, we've seen a pandemic. We've seen protests. Um, we've seen police brutality. We've seen just kind of the boiling point of our society. You know, we've seen people lose jobs in mass. We've seen one of the worst like economic slowdowns in history since '08. Um, it's hard out there, you know. Since and, the Great Depression, yeah, really right. is like we are really in uncharted territory. And I know that like every single fucking work email that I get. Uh, is always starts with the most like just a term that I that I'm just so sick of, which is we live in unprecedented times. Like, but you know, un- as stupid and annoying and sick of that phrase as I am, like it, it is. There is no doubt that that right now what we are going through is something that like 
our generations are going to be known for. <laughs> like this we, is going to be the moment in time for future generations to look back on. If the world doesn't just fully explode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's really important. Like and angel, he went back and listened to it. Uh, I've made it very clearly known that, you know, as soon as we're done recording, I never listen to our podcast because I assume the f- the first take was perfect. I never have to ever improve. <laughs> but you know, like, it, you know, we we go back and we watch. You know, we went back and we watched uh, "Do the Right Thing" with um, you know the Spike Lee film, and you know, what has it been thirty five years later, and it's the same. It's the same problems that Spike Lee was talking about back then they haven't gone away. And honestly, Angel and I, we, you know, we, we're pretty, you know, we, we're pretty liberal guys. Um, we try not to get too much into politics on our show sometimes, but you know, the thing about art is art is reflective of its time and the time we're living in is a very political. It's a very charged time. So for those that are out there and they're being active in their communities and they're making those changes, like, you know more my you know my hats off to you more power to you guys i give you guys my support as much as i can uh go out there be safe take care of yourselves and please like you know all we ask is for justice all we ask is for justice for you know Ahmaud Arbery for Breonna Taylor for George Floyd and every single other person that has ever had their voice silenced you know so um we're with you we stand with you we we you know we want to support as much as we can and hopefully maybe we, we don't have much of a reach but if you guys get a chance yeah donate look into look into black lives matter look into uh ways that you can be a part of the be a part of the movement um not everyone can be um no one can you know not everybody can be out there in the streets but uh it's about finding your place and please all of y'all take care of yourselves it's it's hard times and be nice to yourself you know let's also be clear that this isn't i know we talked about like whether we steer clear of politics and stuff like that but a lot of our show like we give off a lot of liberal viewpoints in past episodes regardless you will you will know you know like you know you will have an understanding of how we feel about things just based on the way that we've discussed movies in the past and let's be clear this is not a political issue um, a pandemic so that is, yeah, a <laughs> pandemic that has killed hundreds of thousands of people, and the like murder of you know of Black Americans by police officers um, is just like th- that is it's a it's a health it's a human health crisis in this country. So like you know it is not a it should not be anything that's that's being looked at as a political issue. It is literally about our survival. And we all need to do what we can to, you know, to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and we're taking care of the people around us. And that goes for both of those situations that we're in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we really are going to look at ways that we can try to use the show to prop up some of these causes because they really are important. I know we've mentioned and I've mentioned it in the past that Javi is a public health official. So the work that he's been doing on the front lines uh, my wife is a hospital worker. She does. She's been doing work on the front lines with COVID, and um, just you know, friends and family around us when it comes to you know, uh, protecting Black lives. Like those are things that that uh, you know they should be close to all of us, and they should be in our consciousness all the time. And 
we always need to be looking at what we can do uh, to protect everyone around us. So, yeah. So now that we've, <laughs> now that we've talked about stuff, you know, that's, that's a lot heavier. I think it's, we can get back to, you know, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> it's so hard to have that message. Uh, um, but, yeah, you know, let's... Angel and I wanted to do um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was a fan request. And then, unfortunately, um, over Memorial Day weekend, that was when George Floyd lost his life. It put us into such a funk. We just... It felt in super like, how are we going to actually go and record? Yeah. Like, I mean, to, to a little peek behind the curtain as to what's going on, you know, Javi, well, Javi has upgraded to a different computer now. So he's just able to, it's just more practical now <laughs> to be able to record. So some of it is technical issues, uh, but some of it has just been, you know, obviously the issues in the world are affecting all of us to various degrees. And it's taken us a while to figure out how to, how to fit that into our schedule. So once so, we... Once we wrap this episode up, we're we're going to be looking at things that are a little bit more relevant. So, uh, yeah. So we wanted to come back with something that we said pe- we told folks that we were going to do, and also something kind of light. You know, like we wanted to do something a little bit more lighthearted that we can actually get through um, without it feeling like we're just watching. We're instead of watching a movie, we're looking out our windows and seeing like, our weird dystopia take place. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and and like I've said before, funny enough. Like I really did go back and listen to the episode that we did on on do the right thing, and I think if you want like an hour plus discussion on how we feel about police brutality, I think that episode is a at least until we've recorded something more current. I think that's an excellent just uh, snapshot for how we feel about the issues of the day. So, yeah. Um, so today. Instead of going that route, we're going to be talking about a martial arts superhero film <laughs> called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which takes place, uh, or that was filmed back in 1990, also known as uh, everyone's favorite movie as a child. So right off the bat, I got to ask you, Angel, who's your favorite turtle? Uh, I think most people I know, it's usually been around color, right? Like, what's your favorite color of the of the attire that, that would determine what your favorite Ninja Turtle is? So for me, it was Roth. And oh I, man! Yeah, and you know what? And and I didn't, I didn't realize how big a part he was of this movie because I haven't seen this movie in a very long time, and I've never seen uh, part two in this series of this original Turtles trilogy. I've never seen the Secret of the Ooze before. The only ones that I have ever seen are. Uh, the movie we're talking about this week and Turtles in Time, which is the third one in the trilogy. So, are you serious? You've never seen the one with Kevin Nash? No, no, I've only seen the videos on YouTube of Super Shredder. <laughs> oh, but, dude, that one's fantastic. But this movie is like when we're talking about just how you know throw how much of a throwback this is. This is a throwback to when I was like in the single digits of age um, in the nineties. Ninja Turtles were born. huge. Ninja oh. Turtles were huge in the night. Not not just the 1990 movie, but I'm talking about like in the 90s. I remember there being uh, two different Ninja Turtle cartoons when I was growing up, and they even had a live action series on Fox Kids at one point when Fox used to have like their uh, their kids lineup every afternoon. And yeah. the reason why that one was such a big deal is because the live action Ninja Turtle series actually crossed over with Power Rangers. 
That's the one one with uh, Venus the turtle, right? They introduced the female (laughs) turtle, which made me feel all kinds of weird things. All right. Yeah. uh, uh, (laughs) Let's just zoom, you know, get all past that. Yeah, like I remember that was the that was the 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 crossover they had with uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Power Rangers had that crossover with the Common Rider, if you remember that. Yeah. Like the '90s was so weird. They were just like, "How many brands can we throw together?" You know, and like, and and, and 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 funny enough, like this series, I think a lot of people their reference point for Ninja Turtles is actually going to be this movie. It's going to be a lot of the cartoons of the '90s. Um, it, this Ninja Turtles reminds me of the Mask so much in that it is a. It is a watered-down, kids-friendly, kids-beloved mm-hmm. version of a extremely dark superhero story. And I think oh, you and I God. were talking about, you know, you're obviously the guy who knows, who's familiar with the Ninja Turtles comics. I know what they're about, <laughs> and I know that they are very different from what this movie ultimately ends up being. So the creators of the comic book series, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, pretty much, uh, I, I believe they were working for IDW at the time. And the whole concept of the Ninja Turtles came about because they were sitting in the middle of a, they were sitting in the middle of a board meeting. They were bored as hell. So one of them draws an anthropomorphized, however you say that word, uh, turtle. Then the other one adds a mask and adds like the, the the ninja mask and he passes it back to the other one. And they just like take turns. Like they both just start drawing all they start adding things and start drawing things, adding features to the turtle. Until next thing you know, I think they, they that's when they got Leonardo. Like, you know, they gave him the, the they gave him the the knee pads, they gave him the the swords, they gave him the mask, and they were just like, Did we just make a ninja turtle? And they were like, Yeah, well. Let's try to see what we can do about that. <laughs> so they, it was one of those like it was one of those things where they created the character first, and then wanted to like fill in and flesh out a lot of the story, right? And pretty much as soon as this thing hit like stores, it just took off like a freaking freight train, and it like immediately started that the original like the 80s cartoon that 80s into the early 90s cartoon that people uh like most people probably remember like the really fun happy go lucky one um and yeah it was just one of those things that it just came to life and it just really lent itself to, for for the time right um yeah I, this is such a fun movie i'm really excited to finally talk about it let's see um, I guess the other thing of note before we jump in is, I guess, um, the costumes, right? Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention is Jim Henson's Creature Shop was the one that, that pretty much was able to take whatever was going on in the comics and bring them to life. Um, and they did, you know, the, that, that, I don't know if there's anything you want to add to Jim Henson. I always felt like you were more, you, you, well, you know more about the Muppets than I do. I don't know if you want to throw anything in. Well, I think you mentioned it. For most people who don't know who Jim Henson is, Jim Henson is famous for the Muppets. Um, Jim Henson Studios is also the studio that's in charge of creating all the puppets on Sesame Street, which I think anyone who is a parent to a very young child like me, uh, 
has probably watched hours and hours of Sesame Street at this point and reacquainted themselves with the series. Um, he has passed away at this point, um, but the, he, he, you know, he is one of the greatest puppeteers of, you know, of, of my time uh, growing up, right? Um, there's been so much. There's other stuff, too. There's one that I'm missing that Jim Henson did. Oh, that's the one, Dinosaurs, the Dinosaurs uh, series. That, oh, that was, that was on too? in the nineties. Yeah, those were those were also Jim Henson studio shows. Oh, that's awesome! So it's it, in that, and you want to talk about dark kids entertainment? Like <laughs> that series. <laughs> that series has like easily the most bleak like series finale you could ever remember for a television show ever. <laughs> so I guess why why is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle so dark? Maybe people are asking like, whoa, you know, well, what's the origin, right? I guess we can kind of go into it because it doesn't really like go too much into the film, right? As far as their origin goes. Um, But this is, so pretty much what you find out is that Splinter used to belong or why it's so dark. Um, Splinter used to work or used to belong to a martial arts master by the name of Hamato Yoshi. Hamato Yoshi was a, or no, I think he was uh, a rival to a, to this other ninja named the Rokusaki, who and I think they were competing for like this young woman's love, right? And then uh, what ends up happening is Rokusaki ends up killing the woman and Hamato Yoshi, and leaving Splinter to be dead, or le- leaving him for dead after Splinter gave him a scar. And this whole time, Splinter learned martial arts by watching his master. <laughs> And the, and he goes on and trains these turtles to essentially carry out his vengeance and kill Orokusaki. So in the first, like the, the there is not much pizza, there is not much cowabunga, there is not much skating in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arc. In that first arc, they straight up murder Splinter in like the first four. Uh, what's it called? The first four issues, like. He just gets murdered, like, super hard. And for some reason, someone at the studio saw this comic book and was like, hey, this would make a fantastic kids movie. (laughs) And here we are. They ended up uh, funding. I mean, that's my understanding anyway. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, let's get in the movie. So the movie starts, you know, um, in, I guess it's New York City, right, In, in 1990. And much as, like, a lot of movies of this time, like, if you just watch, like, <laughs> we, I think we've discussed RoboCop, we've discussed, well, we haven't discussed it, but if you watch something like Predator 2, or just a lot of these movies from the late 80s, early 90s, <laughs> it's always, like, these cartoonish, like, you know, gangs. It's basically like that 70s film, The Warriors, like in every single like action film in the 80s. Oh and my 90s. God, is, is that a movie we need to review one day? <laughs> <laughs> because it really is like literally like the city, everything is getting robbed at every moment. <laughs> like this really is a cartoonishly like... Uh, they're mm-hmm. like, they like it's like they're in the middle of a famous, of like a crime wave, but it's not just like a crime wave. It's like a cartoonish, like the crime, the like, how you explain crime to children. Yeah, and it's just everyone's getting robbed. Like no one can put down anything for two seconds without someone taking it from them. This is all being 
facilitated by the mysterious Foot Clan, which is, I guess, the new the new hot gang that all the young youths are joining, right? I believe it is the reporter. Well, I don't believe it actually is reporter April <laughs> O'Neil working for Action News. And pretty much, she like has it in her. A lot of people remember will remember her as the sassy, brassy redhead in a yellow jumpsuit. But um, this one, no jumpsuit, sadly. So already, screw this movie. <laughs> but um, no, like they don't really play her as anyone. I forget what the name of the, the actress is. I had to look it up. I mean, honestly, how many people really go on to do anything in this film? I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only other thing I've ever seen her in is she was like the mom in Halloween Town. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. I forgot about that. So that's like the only other thing I ever remember this like actress ever doing. So, uh, you know, she's mm-hmm. good. She's, she's, she's fine as uh, April. I, I don't have any problems with it. Um, I, I can't, I haven't watched any of the Michael Bay Ninja Turtle movies. So I couldn't tell you how Megan Fox uh, compares to her. I mean, it's not really a high bar to kind of get over. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And this word's weird, like how in certain comic book movies and with certain fan bases, there are people out there like, oh, yeah, I need this like epitomous character to be, you know, mashed up with this actor. It's like. Nah, dude, I think it's because the, the Ninja Turtles are so, like, off the wall as is. People are just like, you know, whatever. Like, the, you're not worried about the human characters in this film. Well, there is one human character that I fucking love that we will That you relate to? Yeah. <laughs> so April O'Neil, she's been uh, pretty much doing her own investigative journalism, trying to find out the roots to the Foot Clan. Um... And no one really wants to touch the Foot Clan, if I remember correctly. No one, like, her her, her news editors just, just like, kind of let it go. They, everyone just kind of brushes it off, like, doesn't really think it's bigger than it is. Turns out she finds out it is when she gets bitch slapped on the, uh, down in the subway by one of the Foot Clan members. <laughs> because she actually does find proof, not only of the Foot Clan, but of uh, vigilantes actually taking it on themselves to take on some of uh, some of these um, uh, some of these like local gang members, right? And lo and behold, uh, she gets saved last minute by a mysterious hero in a red tr- uh, with a red mask and a trench coat, and enter our well, personally my favorite uh, Ninja Turtle. We got Raphael, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess uh, we can kind of take this time to talk about the main characters if no one really knows who the Turtles are, which, I mean, where the, f- where the hell have you been living? I've been really trying not to swear as much, but where mm-hmm. the hell have you been living on under a rock for the past, like, 30 years? So, like yeah. you said, we got Raphael. He's the rude dude with an attitude. <laughs> and yes. he's the guy with the red mask and the sigh and then we got that nerd leonardo with his stupid katanas and his stupid leadership and then you know who actually gets a surprising amount of love is donatello yes i well it's funny enough like i swear to you i think i've seen <clears throat> i feel like i've seen plenty of shows where uh where Donatello or like Michelangelo are like more positioned as the quote unquote leader. I really didn't remember Roth being pre- being presented as such a leader in this in this film until I watched it again. 
Yeah, and it's really interesting because he, like, you know, like, right off the bat, we see their interesting relationship, right? Like, we got Michelangelo, who's, like, the goofy one. I always saw him as kind of, like, the younger of the four. Uh, You got Raphael, who's constantly butting heads with Leonardo over who gets to kind of lead the team. Um, And you got Donatello, who's always kind of in the background, never really, never really, um getting involved in the arguments but always kind of like checking everybody like it's really interesting to see like the 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 kind of realistic brotherly relationship between these guys mm-hmm. um and i always thought it was interesting they were able to ca- they were able to capture that except you know using giant anthropomorphized turtles uh, and of course, our leads, our, our heroes, are led by uh, the watchful eye of Master Splinter, their uh, mutated rat sensei that taught them everything from how to fight, how to talk, you know, how to love pizza, and essentially he serves as their Yoda. So kind of always bringing in. I look here's the thing: it's a superhero movie. There's always going to be hero's journey. That's our heroes. Our four heroes is kind of mentor character for the rest of the film. So after, so after they save April O'Neil from getting uh, murdered by the Foot Clan, <laughs> they bring her down to the sewer where she is able to uh, meet Splinter, and Splinter explains how the turtles kind of came to be and how they were four young turtles that were covered in radioactive ooze. And eventually that kind of made them mutate and evolve into the characters we see now. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, really straightforward, really off the wall plot. <laughs> not, not much else that could be said during this time. Uh, I mean, yeah, you just got to kind of got to accept the goofiness, right? Like this movie does a really good job of not taking itself serious at all. It completely, whether from the writing and anything, it's just, yeah, just it's just a fun movie to enjoy. <laughs> okay, guys, we're going to be completely honest. It's been a while since we Angel watched this movie. But as we talk about it, the more we realize how fucking disjointed this movie is. It's just like a series of scenes that kind of take place and nothing, like very, like, thin wires are kind of holding them together but pretty much it's just all that's happening is april wants to know more about about the shredder and that's the thing she's trying to find out who the shredder is she's trying to find the shredder's identity uh she gets attacked by the by the foot clan she stays with the turtles down the sewer they actually take her back to her apartment for a while and they start developing a relationship not like a a a five-way couple relationship (laughs) Uh, but they, you know, they started developing like a friendship with uh, with April O'Neil. Um, when during this time, the Foot Clan actually track her, and they because she ends up coming back to their uh, back to their base. They, get, you know, the the turtles eventually come back and find that the entire place has been ransacked. So they actually rely on her to help. So, you know, whether she likes her or not, she's kind of forced to take on the turtles and kind of forced not just to know a friendship with them, but kind of like to take care of them and whatnot. So we also get introduced to a character never mentioned in the books or the, in the comic books or in the movies, uh, Danny Pennington. So Danny Pennington is the son of April's boss, 
Mm-hmm. And he's been he's gone to jail for robbery and truancy <laughs> because all kids are scumbags in New York during the nineties. Well, yeah, during like more more than anything, the people who are causing this crime wave are kids. Yeah, the youth of America, and that's why we need guns to protect ourselves. <laughs> yes, that's what we so, do. So pretty much, um, this guy's uh, part of the Foot Clan. He gets taken, or you know, his his dad bails him out of jail. One, one morning, they go and visit April after. Uh, while the turtles are there, the turtles are kind of staying with April in the meantime. While they try to find uh, Master Shred or Master Treasure, Master Splinter, <laughs> <laughs> and then he ends up snitching out the turtles, finding out that they were staying there. He tells uh, Shredder. Uh, pretty much, this is where we get to see like Leonardo and Raphael butt heads. While Raphael is the more hot-headed one that really wants to go out there, crack some skulls, um, and try to find out where Shredder is by kind of taking it to these streets. Uh, Leonardo is more like the patient, like let's wait, let's kind of like assess the situation before we go and do anything. Raphael ends up uh, leaving in anger, putting on his trench coat, and essentially just going around beating people until he feels better. <laughs> and this is where we meet our other vigilante and kind of unofficial uh, turtle, I guess, if, because he's a human. But we meet vigilante Casey Jones. <laughs> so Casey Jones is a goalie, a hockey goalie, who also carries around baseball bats, cricket bats golf clubs <laughs> pretty much a sports based like kind of sports master but for good yes he just goes around with all these like uh sports equipment just beating the shit out of people my favorite character of this movie obviously oh, oh he is smooth because of how much you love sports ball <laughs> and uh yeah i do appreciate the kind of relationship that that kind of comes up between him and Roth. <laughs> so just, mm-hmm. in the comics casey jones is a homicidal maniac <laughs> oh yeah he's still comes off like a bit of a psychopath and i think it's because of the actor who plays him who i think we've talked about elias Cateus before i don't know what is the last movie we saw him in a movie in the we early zodiac it was zodiac um, where he played the Vallejo police captain, right? Um, and and that's in the 80s, right. Yeah, in in the other thing from around this time that I saw him in, that I just I always love him uh, in that movie is the John Hughes movie, uh, some kind of wonderful, which starts like Eric Stoltz and uh, and Leah Thompson. He plays the bully in that movie. Uh, <laughs> and I don't want to spoil it, but his character, you kind of think that he's going to be like the foil or the villain in the movie. <laughs> and he actually just ends up being such a likable character by the end. So anyone who hasn't watched that movie, I highly recommend it. It is actually, I think in recent years, it's, I think I almost like it better than Pretty in Pink now in terms of the John Hughes movie hierarchy. But yeah, I love this guy. Anything that I see him in, I think he's great. He's and that been, was Film School Corner with Angel. <laughs> he's been in uh, Shutter Island, uh, Zodiac, which we talked about. Um, Let Me In, which was the uh, the Matt Reeves adaptation of Let the Right One In, right? So, uh, yeah, he's great. 
love this guy. So the fact that he's the one who's playing Casey Jones is awesome. Uh, I think he, what I appreciate about him is I feel like all the characters that he plays, well, at least in his younger years, (laughs) they're people who are like, you know, they're, they're cool guys on the outside, but there's also something about them where they do come off as psychopaths at the same time. Well, here's the thing. So in the comics, Casey Jones legit killed people, like, in Central Park. Like, he would just go around murdering people. And the major arc where they introduce him, Raph actually stops him from killing somebody because Raph didn't view their crime as something worth killing them over. So him and Casey Jones end up having this huge, like, knockdown brawl all through New York that ends because they're too tired to keep fighting and they both just kind of pass out but pretty much um it's basically like a family guy gang yeah but you know (laughs) as an 80s comic but if i remember correctly like as a result of the fight raf says like um pretty much convinces casey to not kill people anymore and Mm -hmm. he kind of tries to bring them into the fold so very similar to how he does here right Except here, Raph gets the shit kicked out of him by Casey Jones. (laughs) Casey ends up uh, running away into the night. Um, And here, if I remember correctly, no, it's the following day where they get ambushed by the Foot Clan, right? So later, so the the following day, they end up getting uh, ambushed where Raph takes on like 20, 20 Foot Clan ninjas by himself. Uh, because again, he gets in this argument with Leo, he needs to clear his head, um, and he gets the ever loving crap beaten out of him. Uh, he gets thrown through the skylight, which ends in a huge fight that where they like tear their way through April's apartment. The apartment catches fire, and uh, Casey Jones actually comes back and saves the turtles and April, and they end up escaping to. Uh, April's family's farm up in up, uh, what is it? Upstate New York? Is that the phrase? Where everyone goes and farms? Yeah, that's what it seems like. <laughs> I, I, I am not familiar with upstate New York, but it is just somewhere outside the city. That's all. I'll, that's all I will say. I'm not familiar with New York, so if anyone that has ever visited New York, please tell us. Because as far as movies like have me believe, literally it's Manhattan, and then like. 50 miles of farmland until you get to New Jersey. No, no. New Jersey is literally right outside the city of Manhattan once you cross uh, one of the bridges. See, I don't know, man. It's not uh, <laughs> West Coast, Best Coast. So uh, <laughs> I will I not know. disagree with that. But, you know, at the risk of completely just turning off all of our East Coast listeners, I, I think our our <laughs> our thoughts on this comes out more out of a place of ignorance than anything else. <laughs> no, I'm starting beef. I'm bringing back the East Coast, West Coast beef. <laughs> uh, beast, I mean, East Coast, more like least Coast. Oh, bang, bang. Suck it three hours ahead of our better time zone. <laughs> so remember anyway. when this was the Ninja Turtles episode? Shut up. If I want to talk trash <laughs> to New York people, I'm going to trash talk, okay? <laughs> Anyway, so they end up going up to uh, April, or they go to April's uh, family's home out in New York, or upstate New York. And pretty much during this time, (laughs) instead of giving Raph any uh, actual first aid or checking his wounds, they just throw him in a a bathtub full of water and 
that's pretty much all the first aid he gets <laughs> for the next three days. <laughs> and I was just thinking about that. I was like, well, they didn't like bandage him up or give him any medication. They were just like, hopefully he doesn't die. Well, doesn't he have like great regenerative, regenerative turtle powers? He almost got, I don't know. Do turtles regenerate? Like, is that a turtle thing? It's a ninja turtle thing. Neither do I. I, They use magic. (laughs) We're literally talking about anthropomorphized like turtles. So I think at this point, like logic can fly out the window. That's my favorite thing is you can literally argue anything when it comes to ninja turtles because the whole concept is already stupid as is. That it's like you can make up. That's why Ninja Turtles might be the greatest comic book ever created. Well, that's why Casey Jones works, right? Like you have a guy who's a vigilante who can be like a secret monster and like also sometimes a bit of an anti-hero. And that's literally because A, he's not the star of the comic. And B, because everything else around the comic is so goddamn ridiculous that like it doesn't really make much of a difference. (laughs) In the comic... They go to a planet with a bunch of Triceratops aliens, and I'm just like, oh, that's cool. Like, I'm okay. <laughs> this makes perfect sense. <laughs> like, why wouldn't there be Triceratops aliens? Yeah, well, the funny thing, too, is I'm not really familiar with Ninja Turtle villains outside of Shredder, either. So Really? Uh, Bebop, Rocksteady, Dr. Oh, I was about to say Bankman. Crap, what was his oh, name? Well, that's true. Yeah, the, the guy who was in the... in Yeah, uh, never mind. I, the I, guy I remember that turned himself some of into these. a fly, you know? Yeah, I remember some of these from, like, cartoons, but I'm talking about in terms of live action. I feel like it's always just Shredder. Yeah, because Shredder's the most iconic. Like, of course, there's the Krang, like, which is the alien inside of the robot body, but it's in their stomach, so he's like a weird squid brain thing. It's really interesting. This is actually kind of where the, where the film takes a little bit of a serious note because we get to see kind of how everybody handles grief in this moment. Um, you know, you got, I think you got, it was Donatello. He kind of forms a, a friendship with uh, Casey during this time where they're working on, on fixing up the old family truck, right? Yes. Um, you got Casey Jones, who's, the way he's dealing with all this is he keeps trying to like backhandedly hit on April <laughs> yep. and a- April's just kind of rebuffing his advances because he's a disgusting pig. And, <laughs> and then you have Michelangelo who like, he's, he's, if I remember correctly, you might be able to remember this. Uh, I think he's like kind of really dealing with the food situation, right? Like he's really like worried about like feeding everybody and kind of like training and stuff. Uh, and meanwhile, Leonardo is just kind of, he, he does not leave Raphael's side. He just, he sits and he watches over Raphael and he just kind of like feels bad for not being there for his brother. Yeah, um, I mean, it's funny. Raph is the most volatile member of the team, but he's also kind of like, he tends to, he seems to like galvanize everyone together. And uh, they, it's one of those things where you can tell the rest of the team is just used to him kind of flying off the handle a lot. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of broke. jokes like that. <laughs> yeah, like they expect it to happen. Like one of my favorite gags is um, where uh, I think it's when they're in the sewer and they're just like, I don't want to deal with him when he's like this. You do it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like it, it's really funny. You get a lot of just uh, the, the little comments from Michelangelo and Donatello in the sideline. 
but yeah, it's really interesting because you just see, um, you, you know, you get this moment where you see kind of like a human side to all these like cartoonish, ridiculous, over the top characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, uh, Raph does get better. He uh, ends up recovering. And during this time, they, you know, they're going out into the, they're going out in the, in the middle of a bonfire. And Leo, for some reason, is contacted by, Do- by I was about to say Dr. Splinter. I just can't say any characters' names. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now he's PhD, MD, Master Splinter. Master Splinter, MD. So Master Splinter reaches out to Leo and uh, through telepathy, which I guess he has now. Awesome. It's like the force. <laughs> That's why, dude. He's New York rat-shaped Yoda. It's fucking rat. <laughs> yeah, big time. And, you know, not to mention, it's the voice of Yoda was done by the same guy who did Grover from the Muppets. So there we go. We've just we've somehow managed to connect this to Star Wars. I know. At least we're not connecting into Batman. Oh, which you totally can because of Batman meets the Ninja Turtles. Yes, which I've never actually read, so uh, I cannot say much about it. Oh my god, I freaking love it. I'm gonna, you know, my favorite joke in the entire movie, or in the entire, and it's a movie too, but one of my favorite jokes in the entire thing is that uh, Batman starts beating the crap out of the the Ninja Turtles. He takes mom four on one, and he ends up, like, during Gotham, he ends up throwing Mikey through a window of a pizza joint. And then he just like steals someone's pizza, eats it. And then he goes, Q, he goes, this is crazy. Everyone run away from the big bat freak. That's going to kill us all. <laughs> and everyone just starts running away from him. Cause they think he's the monster. <laughs> so after they get the, they get the telepathic call from master splinter, they end up making their way back to New York. Uh, and during this time, Danny, who originally, um, kind of sold the turtles out he's been secretly talking to splinter and splinter has been uh telling them to beware of um of shredder and who he is and how he's better than this right and he eventually tells him his origin story he pretty much just reveals that the foot clan are all brainwashed teens that splinter is using for his own purposes right Mm -hmm. um the turtles come back to New York where they engage the foot clan in a battle. They end up freeing. They end up freeing. Uh, why am I blanking on Master Splinter's name all of a sudden? I don't remember <laughs> his name. I make him a doctor. <laughs> this is just a bad episode for Master Splinter in my book. <laughs> I think we did this in a previous episode too, where we've like assigned somebody different jobs before. <laughs> oh god. So they end up saving him. And you know, he's weakened. Uh Shredder ends up confronting the Ninja Turtles and challenges them to a fight. Uh 4v1. They try their best. Shredder just mops the floor with them and orders them to drop their weapons or else he'll kill, I think, Raph, who keeps getting the short end of the stick in this movie. <laughs> and my favorite part in this scene is they're like, he's like, drop your weapons or I'll kill your brother. And then so they all drop their weapons. He goes, you fools, if you all would have attacked me at once, you stood a chance. And I'm like, but you told them to drop their weapons, you did. So um, he ends up overpowering the turtles. Uh 
Master Splinter ends up recovering just in time and is able to confront uh, Shredder himself where he shoots him with an arrow. <laughs> he ends up shooting him with an arrow. And the turtles manage to get the upper hand and throw him off a uh, throw him off the roof of the apartment building they're fighting on, and he lands into the trash compactor, uh, or he, he lands into a garbage trunk where Casey Jones and his homicidal maniac ass just presses the button on the trash compactor, and we are just left to assume that he crushed Shredder to death. <laughs> because that's how kids' movies kind of handle the villains back in the day. Which I'm and... totally fine with. I think that's a perfect, like kid's way to dispose of a villain yeah we're taking out the trash you just hear his bones <laughs> crush and just like well splorches well we know he comes back in the next movie i mean spoiler alert in case you had no idea <laughs> yeah like he, we literally talked about kevin nash playing like the bane version of shredder so super shredder <laughs> So pretty much they accidentally activate the compactor, Shredder's killed, police and the news show up, uh, the foot soldiers kind of give themselves up, and they sell out the rest of the ninjas, and finally everyone's reunited, April is, ends up with Casey, and the turtles are, end up with their dad. And roll credits. Adorable. Funky. Funky Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles music. Love it. I think the sequel, I think one of the sequels, they get a Vanilla Ice song. uh, That one's in... Secret of the Ooze? Secret of the Ooze. Yeah, I remember that song. I love that song. I mean, as a seven or six-year-old, I love that song. Oh, yeah, we get played out to Turtle Power. Crap. Mm -hmm. Who was... Uh-oh. What? Partners in Crime. That's who did it. Partners in Crime did Turtle Power. T-U-R-T-L-E Power. Nice. <laughs> oh, why do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles get bangers for songs, man? I love it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I I definitely appreciate it. The 90s was the golden time for uh, superhero soundtracks. The crime wave is high with Muggin Mysterious. All police and detectives are furious. <laughs> oh my god, these lyrics are so great. Oh, you you know what? You've you've heard nothing until you've listened to like my favorite forgotten song on the Batman Forever soundtrack, which is Method Man's Riddler song. I I swear to Christ, like if you want like just corny like superhero lyrics but like it's method man and it was like the wu-tang 90s so it like just slaps so fucking hard that's exactly where you want to go <laughs> call april o'neill she's in on this case eh? you better hurry up there's no time to waste oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean this is what needs to come back they need to get like b-tier rappers to come back and do like per like special lyrics for superhero movies again yeah you know like i i've i think it's because in the last few weeks i've I've kind of been binge watching like revisiting a different world for some reason it's just been like in my prime uh video like queue so my wife and i've just been like counting through a ton of episodes and just like 
it was so late 80s, early 90s rap that I feel like I've been listening to this kind of stuff for weeks already. <laughs> it, it's so it's so great. Love uh, it. Oh, man. So without further ado, Angel, do we like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes, I'll say that I did. Um, I'm, I wasn't crazy about it. I wasn't crazy about doing this show in the first place because I just Ninja Turtles for some reason feels like something that like like I said, I saw it at a super young age and then I forgot about it and haven't thought about it in decades. So, uh, and then you just... got me where it's shaped my life the past like <laughs> 26 years. But, you know, at the same time, I really appreciated a movie that was brisk. It was quick. You know, we, we've talked about this during Avengers and like other stuff. We live in the era where superhero comic book movies have to be like, three hour long epics with like <laughs> that try to be so self-serious that it's very nice to go back uh, to a different time. Uh, the special effects in this movie are pretty impressive. Like in terms of the turtles themselves, I, the work that the Jim Henson studio did on this was great. Uh, I love that part of it. I still, I had totally forgotten about Casey Jones, but Casey Jones actually ends up being my favorite character in this movie because I have such <laughs> a fond, uh, a fondness for the actor who plays him. And uh, I definitely appreciated how like kind of simple the story was. It, it just reminded me of those nineties, like New York action movies. Like I said earlier, <laughs> for some reason, there's parts of it too, where it even reminded me of gremlins too. <laughs> 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 I can see that. Yeah, because we're talking about like creatures in New York City, so it's it's definitely brought me back to a different time and place. And even though I wasn't crazy about it, I definitely think it's worth watching. It was a nice distraction for a few hours, and uh, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good movie. You won't be mad that you watched this movie. No. You might not be happy about it, but you won't be mad. <laughs> Like it's just it's just a fun movie. It, you know, there's great. There's a lot to appreciate, like you said, especially for uh, the special effects between the costumes and like just a lot of the puppeteering work is really fantastic. You know, um, and also to kind of see how they keep those practical special effects going in the next couple movies sucks. The I know that everyone's biggest complaint with the turtle with the Ninja Turtle movies is that they never use their weapons really in these movies. They're kids' movies. Ultimately, they're aimed at that 8- to 12-year-old demographic. It's a vehicle to sell toys. Like, if you can live with that, like, these are fun movies. Like, it's just fun, you know? Um, I was really excited because it definitely brought out my... I was more excited than a 28-year-old man should be <laughs> about watching the Teenage Ninja Turtles. But that's because I got my own thing going on. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely worthwhile worthwhile checking it out just for like the nostalgia factor, you know? Yeah, so we'd like to thank everybody for joining us for this episode of the show. I know it might feel a little bit more disorienting and not as, uh, you know, maybe focused as some of the episodes that we've been recording, you know, this past year have been. But, you know, it's been a while. since. I think this is the longest hiatus that we've ever taken since we started this show. And uh I think it was to the point where where I was wondering if we were going to have motivation to come back and do it again. But fear not, we are back. We are here. We will continue doing shows. But, uh, you know, this one might have been a little bit looser than some of the shows that we've been doing before. So definitely I, I would like 
I, I need to apologize for that, but I hope you can appreciate that. We are back. This is our mulligan episode. Let us let us just kind of <laughs> let us have this crappy one. We promise the next couple ones will at least be better than this. <laughs> we really would like to thank everyone who's been going back into our catalog and listening to the show and anyone new who's been discovering the show as well uh, and going back into the catalog to, to just listen to episodes. And um, we've thankfully been doing this for a long enough time that even though we were gone for so long, there is more than enough material to keep you occupied if uh, you were just discovering the show recently. So a lot of the movies that we were thinking about this week, like James Bond, got pushed back. Uh, I, I don't know if we had officially mentioned that we wanted to review Tenet, but Tenet got pushed back. Wonder Woman 84 got pushed back. Um there's a lot of movies <laughs> this year that have gotten, you know, that have gotten shelved or pushed all the way to the end of the year. So it's definitely, like I said, been a different weird time that we're all living through, but it's good that we're all here on this show and enjoying the content. So please uh, join us for our next episode because uh, as we are now, you know, in pride month uh, in June, we really wanted to make a concerted effort to uh, review some movies, at least one or two movies that, uh, that are LGBTQ, you know, plus kind of centric, not just, you know, for our audience, but also just to kind of expand our own palette of movies as well. I think there's a lot of good stuff in, in this genre of cinema that we, that I haven't touched. I'm, I'm sure Javi hasn't touched as oh, well. No, so. if it doesn't have explosions and boobies <laughs> and it's definitely not a hobby movie so I, i'm <laughs> yeah. actually really looking forward to getting out of my wheelhouse and like watch something something different you know yeah um so i'm looking forward to watching wait did you announce it yet no i have not and okay we <laughs> haven't we'll, we'll we'll announce it on our social media uh the episode that we're doing next week but what i appreciate about it is that it's really going to cover a lot of the basis of just the stuff that we like on this show <laughs> yeah. so uh yep thanks for joining us thanks for continuing to listen to us please leave us a review on itunes uh please find us on uh on on apple Podcasts. i think there's been a lot more engagement on spotify now that spotify is becoming such a big podcast platform um i'm very glad that our show is uploaded there so you know if you don't have the apple products or google or you're just not interested or spotify is just what you use uh for your podcast like you know, listening, then please, you know, by all means, join us there. And uh, we really hope you join us for our next episode. Yep. So thanks for the ride. Thanks for being patient. Thanks for sticking with us. And yeah, just thanks for being the best version of you, you guys out there. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Later, turds.